Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Your mom. Ah, uh, yes. My wife, uh, Pastor Karen, who has been amazing during the time, because I was quarantined for a month, mm-hmm. you know, and she would just check in on me, ask me if she could do anything for me. And she's, she's dealing with her own pains and ish, physical, you know, issues and challenges. And yes, she's checking in on me. She'll peek through, say, <laughs> are you okay? How you doing? You need anything? Can I get anything for you? You know, um, but, you know, we've been together. We met in 1969. We started dating. And this is 2020. How many years is that? That's 51 years. Don't mess it up. Hey, don't mess it up. <laughs> hey, 51 years. That's wow. half a century. Yes. Uh, with the same That's person. Long. Yeah, it's long, a lot of years. It, it goes by fast, and it's filled with seasons. You know how many, how many millennials are saying, wow? Right years. now, who, who are yes, watching they're watching, this? and they're like, okay, how, how, you know, they're trying to think about like 51 years, and they're really asking themselves right now, can I do that? Yeah, do I want to do that? I, do I want to do that? Yes, That's a challenge. Yeah, people are thinking long term, and mm-hmm. we're living a lot longer than we were a hundred years ago. Yep. So, you know, your mom and I got married when when we were 19 years old, and we started dating when we were 16. Mm met in high school, you know, made a commitment to each other, and it wasn't always smooth. And whenever there were bumps in the road, it was usually my fault, <laughs> you know. I thank God for my mother. <laughs> uh, I give her a shout out. She was the balancing factor for Dr. Bernard, and it made uh, things so much different in the household. Not, not, you know, Dr. Bernard was an excellent father. I enjoyed, you know, the ups and downs. That's right, fix it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fixing it because, well, look at it. You didn't have a good example of fathering, so you did an excellent job fathering, you know, coming out of, you know, fatherless home, having to step up to be the man early. But I still gotta give a shout out to my mother because my mother did her thing. You know, I gotta she, give her credit, buddy. I, I, what attracted, <laughs> she's old school. Mm-hmm. She's cut out of uh, traditional values, traditional way of life, living, roles, mm-hmm. you know, uh, functions, all of that. And that worked well yep. because I came out of that model myself just because that's how I was wired by God, you know. So values are important, family are important. And my mother divorced, you know, uh, several times. Uh, Difficulty recovering from the fact that my father abandoned both of us, Mm -hmm. you know um, So for the most part I was raised in a single-parent home and she she did the best that she could but from early age I was working when I was 10 years old, you know, whatever work I could find (laughs) uh, I would work and that was without working papers because you couldn't get those till you're 14 years old So you've been hustling in the game Uh, Well, cleaning backyard, shoveling snow, cleaning basements, uh, carrying groceries, you know (laughs) You know, and where I grew up, the lawn was only about six foot square, so. Real quick. (laughs) We're talking Brooklyn, we're talking, you know. But I did not have a father in my life, um, so I didn't know how to be a father. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be a son. A husband. Uh, uh, yeah, I, none of that, uh, you know. So it was like love as the motivating factor mm-hmm. and then trying to 
provide, to build relationship, and, and really not knowing, not having the tools. You know, I didn't go to school for it. Mm. You know, there was no course. <laughs> Are there no program. I, 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 don't, I don't know, you know? You know, so I didn't understand things that, you know, like are written in my book, Four Things Women Want From a Man. I had to learn those things, and it took time. Uh, trial and error. Yes. You know, and your mom put up with a, a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, God bless her. You know, I love her. I love her dearly. I love her deeply. Love her more now that I understand what love is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I can go back, I would go back and change, you know, some of the things that uh, I did and the way I approached certain things. Um, but those things also help make me who I am. Yeah. And, and, and reorient my thinking. You know, uh, women are not a sexual object. And unfortunately, men tend to see them that way. Some women see themselves. Uh, that yeah. Way, which is sad. Women are a subject, a subject to be understood, yep. to, to uh, continue to learn and grow in relationship with, a, a subject that God positioned in earth and in relationship to the man. But, you know, hats off to all of you yes. mothers out there. We love you. We appreciate you. And on behalf of all men around the world, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. We ap yes. I apologize. I think I left my house this morning saying I'm sorry to my wife. <laughs> but so yes, dear, and I'm sorry, huh? That's it. If I may, uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned from my mother is that submissiveness does not equate to weakness. Mm. And uh, and I think that, you know, sometimes, especially in this day and age, a lot of women are like, I'm not going to be submissive. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, you know, here. I'm women, hear me roar. But I think uh, my mother wasn't so much submissive uh, to the man, but more so the truth. And understanding the truth that this man walked in was made it easier to operate. Don't get me wrong. When she needed to make a take a stand and, you know, uh, and take a position on certain things, uh, I thank God for that, but it was it was worth it. You know, my dad would have had us wearing um, Wranglers and, um, and uh, <laughs> some 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 kids. Your mother and bought you all of the yeah. She took care of us. Sneakers. My dad was like, when I was go walking to school, I had hole in the, my shoe, and we had to put a cardboard. I'm like, thank God you That's went through right. that, so That's we true. won't have to go through that. Yeah. So uh, thank my mother for that. But she understood that her role with me was complimentary. Mm -hmm. It's not that she was subordinate to yep. me. She understood that we were equal in being, to be respected with dignity and value and worth, but it was a complimentary relationship where we each function mm -hmm. differently and had a different role of responsibility. Uh, and we appreciate that and somehow understood that early on, and then it was really uh, uh, confirmed when we came to Christ because then we began to adapt God's order. Because one of the things people don't realize, when you get saved, it's not just saving you from uh, going to hell. <laughs> you know, it's the reordering of your thinking, mm -hmm. the reordering of your life, how you do things, how you approach things, the reordering of your relationships. So surrender to God and seeking first the kingdom of God, his way of doing and being, is allowing yourself to be reordered mm. by the spirit and the word of God. Yeah. So your worldview changes. Absolutely. things differently. Yeah, yeah. You see women differently. You see men differently. You know, because the world has its own lens. Yes. You know, and it's usually motivated by its own lust and greed and ambition, selfish ambitions. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's ruled by fallen humanity. And there is good in it, but the good can be overshadowed 
by the reality of a fallen creation. I'm excited. So what, what do we have? A, a word, a word. You know, when you think about mothers, I, I think because my theology begins with creation, okay. not the fall. And depending upon where your theology begins, that will determine the lens through which you see and understand life. Your worldview is created. Yep. So for me, creation, you know, before the fall, uh, what did that look like? And was the term mother present then? And the answer is yes, because Eve was called mother. Yep. She was the first mother. She was called Eve because she was mother of all living. We're talking about human beings. Yep. So when we look back at that, what was the dynamic of this woman? You know, how did she begin? What was her relationship with the man? What did that look like? What was the nature? What was the expectation? You know, and I think there's so many gems here that we could spend so much time, but let's go to the text. Yes. Genesis chapter one. Keeping in mind, Eve was the first mother. Yes, yes, she was. Uh, it, you know, everything depends on where your theology begins. Does it begin with the fall? Or does it begin with creation? You know, we're going to have to talk about that because some people are asking, okay, what does he mean? And why does that have bearing on what we're Well, your theology, this? you know, your understanding of God uh, and, 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 and your worldview mm -hmm. uh, is formulated out of the beginning point. Mm -hmm. So if you begin with the fall, then you're going to have a different lens from someone who starts with creation. Okay, all right. I'm we're going to unpack it. Uh, yeah, gonna, I got, you know, questions started. Just because <laughs> I, we got to stick. Yes. So, so my theology begins with creation mm -hmm. because that's the way God intended things to be. All right. And that helps me make sense of the condition of things now. And it allows me to not accept the condition of things as the ideal. Yeah. Got it? Which is inherent in every human being. That's why we spend so much money trying to make life better whether it's finding out cures for diseases, which we're trying to find a vaccine right now, mm -hmm. you know, because of the pandemic, um, we're, we're trying to make life better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about a better quality of life. So something inside of us will not allow us to accept life the way it is and things the way they are. So in Genesis chapter one and uh, ESV, you know, uh, verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, let them have dominion, over and beast of the field, the work, you know, all of that. So the divine mandate, all right, is three things, all right, that the earth is to be populated, ruled, and subdued. So populated, populated, ruled, ruled and subdued. Okay. Yeah. And that word fruitful and multiplied, the word fruitful there means fertility. Yes. It means to be fertile, have reproduce, kids. have children, procreate. All right. So the earth has to be populated, right? Yes. Ruled and subdued. Subdued. And if this was a spiritual warfare class, <laughs> we would be circling that word subdued, subdued. Yes. Because it was anticipation of things that were going to come down the pike. All right? So he, he creates humanity to do this. And humanity is a new species. So he creates them in, in, in his image, the text says, and in his likeness. He creates male and female, but he doesn't create male and female at the same time. No. So he begins with male, but there was no male and female distinction necessary at the time. 
Mm. All right? So, Genesis 127, in the image of God, he created him. Mm -hmm. Male and female, he created them. Mm. So it moves from him to them. And the Genesis story, Genesis 1 and 2, actually open it up in that way because Adam existed for a period of time before Eve was created. Mm. So the him was there first. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, for the man was created first, in sequence, in order. So he occupies a specific function and role in relationship to creation. Yep. All right? So Genesis chapter 1 is the grand announcement. But Genesis chapter 2 deals with the nature of man. Genesis 2 speaks of the process. Got it? Yes. So God unites the physical and the spiritual to create a new species, a new being. He takes the dust of the earth, the dirt, dust of the earth or the dust of the ground, right? And fashions and forms a body, which simply means because it's, it's really a beautiful reference to the potter and the clay. Mm-hmm. God being the potter and the earth, the ground being the clay. Also the relationship with the, the that aspect of creation, of creating man. Yes. Totally different than all the other creation. Yep. And, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that because that's important, especially in his relationship to woman. Yep. Right? So, so God unites the spiritual, the breath of life, the dust of the ground. He unites the spiritual and the physical. It's very important. Mm-hmm. All right? Yes. <laughs> he unites the physical and the spiritual. And out of that union comes a new species. Yes. A new being. Man becomes a living soul or a living being is more preferred to understand it, all right? So he creates mankind, humankind, and then he gives them the nest, uh, you know, dominion, right? So man's destiny is to populate, rule, and and subdue, got it? All right? But notice, although his destiny is to rule the earth, God first places him in a garden. Yep. So in other words, he starts small. <laughs> puts him in a place of responsibility with something local. All right? Mm. And gives him the opportunity to grow and develop. And within that period of the garden, God is also setting the parameters with which he will populate rule and subdue. Yes. Well, that was important. That is. The rules of the game have to be in place, right? So that's significant, what you just said. All right, we can't can't just go over it. The rules of the game have to be in place. Exactly. So there are rules necessary for us to live out this human experience. We're going to talk about that. All right? So God begins in the garden, gives him responsibility, all right? He gives everything man needs He's given by God, all right? But there's only one prohibition. And immediately, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is prohibited. So what, the, what does that mean? Well, let's look at it as, as the rules, right? Okay. God sets boundaries. In other words, he's saying, there's some things in life you can't have. <laughs> And that's important because, you know, we're taught whatever we want, Mm -hmm. we can have it. Go get it. I got the money to buy it, pursue it, go after it. (laughs) But God is saying, no, there are boundaries. Yes. There are certain things you can't have, which means life is not about having all the things you want. Mm. 
Oh, that's another message. It's, a, <laughs> it's about living within certain parameters. Mm -hmm. It's about living within certain boundaries. Yeah. All right? So in a, in, in a in, and remember, he said, all of this is yours. All of this you can have, except that. Yes. Right? So in, in a, a, a yes, all things are yours environment, Adam experiences no. <laughs> and no is part of life. Okay, but this sounds like a men's ministry message, and this is wait, Mother's wait, wait, Day. Wait, we're, we're, we're working our way. Okay. We're working our way. All right. All we're right. working our way. Okay. <laughs> so no is also part of the human experience. Yes. See, and that's important because in a fallen human condition, we want, okay, we want to say, we want God to say yes. And you know, we pick scriptures and, and I understand where this comes from, but, but you know, all the blessings of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we take that to mean that God will give us everything we want. Whatever we want is ours, <laughs> but that's not how it all started. That's why you got to go back to creation to understand, well, what are the rules here? Yes. No, he didn't set it up so we can have everything we want. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a, that one prohibition, right? So no is part of the human experience. And, you know, I, 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 boy, we can get into some doctrine <laughs> that, that leans on to yes and doesn't believe in no. Yeah. You know, you can get God to do whatever you want. He's the, what we were talking about last week. What do you call it? The, 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 the rub, rub the, the genie rub the prayer. The genie rub prayer. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So he places man there, gives him responsibility because there's no one to cultivate the garden. Mm -hmm. All right. So he introduces labor as part of human existence, as part of human life, but everything around him, all right, to exact that labor cooperates. Ooh, and that's that. the difference. Say that again. Say that's that the again. difference. Everything around him that he is now cultivating cooperates with that cultivation. I have to let that marinate. <laughs> because think about it. After the fall, mm -hmm. he says, thorns and thistles. Yes. You're going to work by the sweat of your brow. So the very land that was once cooperating with him, wow. now is going to work against him. That's good. So work and labor becomes difficult, hard, right? You've got to pursue that mm -hmm. job. You've got, you've got to really go after it because it's not cooperating the way it was designed to cooperate. All right. But after all that, and there's so much packed in here, but after this, God says, notice the order of things, the process here. God declares, it's a declaration, it is not good for man to be alone. Mm -hmm. And that's very, very important. So now we're in Genesis chapter 2. All right? It is not good for man to be alone. And notice what he says. I will make for him, man, for him, mm -hmm. right? Notice the male identification is present, but there's no female present. Mm -hmm. I will make for him a helper fit for him. Got it? Yes. In other words, a counterpart, someone suitable, someone complementary. Yes. So you would think with that declaration, the next step, God would create Eve. But he doesn't. The next step in sequence, God brings all the animals to Adam. Got it? So he declares it's not good for man to be alone. He needs a counterpart. He needs someone to complement him, someone like him. But he doesn't create the woman right away. He brings the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air. He brings all these animals to him. So he's carrying Adam through a process here. Yes. Right? Yep. So, but God, so and even when we talk about prayer, this is important. Because often when we pray, the answer to that prayer 
requires us to go through a process. Mm. We have to be brought to the place where we can receive that answer. God wants us to have it, but we're not in a place to receive it. Because then my other question is, does the other person that we're praying for has to go through the process as Absolutely. well? Absolutely. Mm. God has to prepare both sides of the yes. equation. Yep. You understand? Okay. We're going to say focus. So, okay, okay. okay. Wait, Mother's Day. Yes. Mother's Day. Okay. All right. So God doesn't create the woman at this point. Instead, God brings Adam the animals to see what he'd call them. You know, and, and the word call in the Hebrew means to see if he would identify, which one he would identify with. Got it? Okay. But none were compatible. The scripture says there was no one fit for him. There was not one fit for him. All right? So what's happening? In this process of dealing with other aspects of creation and other beings within Earth's creation, Adam is going through a process of discovery because compatibility requires, requires comparison. Yes. He's looking at himself and his own being, how he's made up, how he is physically, how he thinks and how he feels and all this, and he's not finding anything compatible. So what does this bring to him? A discovery of his own identity, his own dignity, his own glory in relationship to the rest of creation, mm. which is what God wants him to understand. So God said this, he, he shouldn't be alone, but he was waiting for Adam to come to that revelation himself. To come himself. to that revelation. So often when God wants to answer a prayer for us mm -hmm. to meet a need in our lives, all right? We're not at the place where we receive it if God brought it. Mm. So often prayer, God has to take us to a pro through a process so that we're at a place where we can agree with him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because he knows how best to respond to that need. Yep. So you pray for something, but we, you know, we do. We often have in our mind the best way that that prayer should be answered. Oh, always. Always. See, we've already figured that yes. out. And what we're really praying for is for God to answer the prayer the way we've already envisioned mm -hmm. it. So you pray for a husband and God brings someone that's the last person in the world that you would marry. <laughs> and then you spend the next 40 years of your life with that person in marriage. It's like, because mommy, your mother and I always talk. She's always saying how unlikely for us, the yep. two of us. I was so different. She is so different. Mm -hmm. Right? And yet, here we are. Yes. 51 years later. 50 years. Yeah. So, so Adam is discovering his own identity in relationship to the rest of living beings that he is associated with and given rule over, right? He's discovering his own identity, his own dignity, his own worth, his own value, which is the image. See, the image of God is a designation conferred upon every human being at the moment of conception. Mm -hmm. But that being that's conceived has to grow into the knowledge and understanding of that image of God and the dignity, value, and worth that is conferred upon. That's good. You that's don't good. know that just like that. Yep, that's good. You see? So, you know, you, you have instances where someone has to smack you and say, don't you know who you are? <laughs> you know, you're, act, oh, oh, you're acting like an animal. Yes. Or you, what are we saying? Or statements like, I have come to myself to realize I, I, I deserve more. Exactly. The prodigal son. Yes. He was down and out. Mm -hmm. He came to himself. What yes. did he come? He's coming back to that image of God yep. stamped in him. So God brilliantly and wisely takes Adam through a process before he brings this woman to him. That's great. Before he answers the need of being alone, all right, he takes him through a process. So he's, he realized he's different from the rest of the created beings around him. He is not an animal. I'm not 
bird. Yes. I'm not beast. I'm not cattle. I'm not. Mm. That's not me. That's not who I am. So he comes to the revelation of his own dignity, his own worth, his own value. And he's learning what the image of God is. All right? Because he has to be thoroughly convinced in order to uphold that image, in order to reflect that difference, that distinction, all right, in which he was created. So, so though it was already declared, as I said, by, by, by God that Adam still, had to, Adam still had to go through the process of discovering his own worth, his own identity, his own dignity. So notice up to this point, there's no such thing as female, all right? Now God creates woman and brings her to Adam. The same way he brought the animals, mm -hmm. he creates this woman. Uh, that's why he said, okay, God, God I'm sorry. Go ahead, that's why he said, come on, come on, yeah, let the light go on. It's, it's like, now on. this one is born of my bone exactly. and flesh of my flesh. Because he was making a distinction between Eve and everybody else that was brought to him, Man, or everything else. That I thought it was because of how good looking she was. Uh, well, that may have been part of it. I think so. Oh, he was attracted. Wow. But no, he was stating the distinction. Bone of my bone mm -hmm. and flesh of my flesh. In Hebrew, in the Hebrew culture, all right, especially the ancient culture, the word bone was a metaphor for the core of one's being. Mm. So yeah. he was saying, this is a being like me. Yes, yes. Physically, wow. emotionally, psychologically, because there was interaction there mm -hmm. that, you know, is not recorded in, in the text. All right? So Adam immediately calls her. Yes. He identifies with her and says, she shall be called <laughs> woman. Oh, man. Because she came out from man. Yes. She is one of what I am. Yes. See? Here's compatibility. Here is a counterpart. Mm -hmm. Now I'm being complimented yes. by the presence of this new being. Absolutely brilliant. So now is born male and female. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was just male, all right, or him. So this is what he says. So what do we, what do we gather from this? Because femininity, all right, is found in relationship to masculinity. Say, please say that again. Femininity, the attributes and character and essence and nature of being a woman mm -hmm. is only found in relationship to a man, not another woman. So, and, and, and that's key because no matter what happens, you always find, look for some masculinity even within the other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, but that's, that's a distinction. That's a difference. Okay? So, again, femininity is found in relationship to masculinity. That's one of the three names of Eve, all right, is translated from the Hebrew, is manliness. So, Eve to be called manliness, not because she acts like a man, but because she brings out the man in the man. That's good. Got it? Yep. So it's a complementary relationship. There's a, there's a, a God-designed dynamic between the two. So femininity is found in relation to masculinity. Eve found her femininity in relationship to Adam. Yes. So she discovers herself because there's a distinction between them. She's looking at the similarities. She's looking at the physical distinctions between them. But... He speaks. 
she speaks. Mm -hmm. They exchange ideas and thoughts and interaction. They begin to build a relationship out of that compatibility. They're now complementing each other, which is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Yes. Now, masculinity is confirmed by femininity. Yeah. So a man's manhood mm -hmm. is confirmed in relationship to a woman. Does that make sense to you? Yes, a whole lot. All right, Adam's masculinity is mm -hmm. confirmed by Eve and in Eve. So male and female is a complementary relationship, especially in the context of marriage. Yes. So we wrestle through this whole equality age in which we are, and we make it a fight for position. No, ontologically, in terms of being, men and women are equal. Yes, yep. They're equal in dignity because they mm -hmm. both bear the image of God. They're e equal in worth because they both bear the stamp of the image of God. Mm -hmm. But functionally, we're different. Yeah. Yeah, we're different by design, functionally. So, question is, what attracted Eve to Adam? What was the, the pull? All right, because we see Adam's amazement. Mm -hmm. All right, but then it goes further in the text and said they were naked, mm -hmm. but they were not ashamed. Yep. So she was comfortable with him. Mm -hmm. There was something that attracted her to him. You know, I thought about this and I said, wow, okay. So he had certain attributes as a man that she found attractive. Wow, what was happening? This is before the fall. What is emanating from him because of the spirit breathed into him? He's emanating the attributes, characteristics, and effects of the spirit of God. He is showing true manhood. Mm. Now, what are those attributes? Well, you go to Galatians chapter 5. For the fruit or effects or attributes of the spirit. Yes. Are, what's the list? Love. Love, joy, peace, patience, yes. kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Yep. He is exuding these things. There's no falling condition. The image of God is expressing itself. And that's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yep. What is he saying? I'm manifesting mm -hmm. the attributes of the Father. Yep. So Adam is expressing the image of God to this woman. And she feels safe, comfortable in that relationship with him because of what she's seeing and feeling coming from him. This is why we do men's ministry. Yep. Because fallen man now looks to reflect his own image, his own ideas, and is, is not ordered in the image of God. See? So women can get perverted in what they think attracts them. So they can be attracted to the bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Which is a perversion of what they should be attracted to. So the appetites twist. The appetites can become converted, uh, uh, perverted, actually. Mm -hmm. But it's that list of attributes of the Holy Spirit that a woman is drawn to. And that's why we're so strong on teaching men in our position with men, because some men don't like what we teach. And that is, <laughs> when a man in character, all right, in function is conformed to the image of God as reflected in Christ, mm -hmm. the woman then becomes liberated, yep. free to feel safe, to feel secure. All the beauty that God locked inside of her becomes revealed and released and experienced.
And it, it takes on another level of how she's a mother. Yeah. Do that. She gives birth. Yes. She gives birth to so much mm -hmm. that is inside the man that he on his own can't tap into. But it requires the woman yep. to help. Remember, she's a helper. Mm -hmm. So she's not only helping him by complimenting him, all right, physically, but she's helping him to tap in to elements within his own self, all right, that are part of his rulership, mm -hmm. part of his having dominion, yep. part of all the things that he's called to do. Women are necessary and not to be discarded. They're not sexual objects. They're subject of God's love and affection, and they should be subjects of the man's love and affection. That's good. That's good. That's why we do it. Yes, yes. See, uh, that's, uh, so, you know, we, we've gone through this, and we've taken a quick look at Genesis in a way that you've never looked at Genesis before. On, uh, on Instagram, they put a post up. So you see a picture of a lady giving birth, and uh, she's pushing, and she's pushing, and she looks over to her husband and says, oh, so this is what a comic code feels, for you, <laughs> feels like for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> just like, the, depicting the strength of the woman, the mother. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how many times there can be, uh, there've been some, some collapse of a building or explosion or something, and people get buried. And they find that more women survive that mm -hmm. than men. And it's not because of their physical constitution, it's because of their emotional constitution. There's a drive, especially uh, women who are found that are mothers. Yeah. I gotta get back to my kids. That's it, mm -hmm. the motivation. Yep. Another thing in, in women is that hope springs eternal mm -hmm. in a woman's heart. Yeah. And that's why the man will give up sooner than the woman when it comes to the children, when it comes to relationships, etc., The woman will keep hoping and keep hoping and keep going back. And unfortunately, when a man is not reflecting the image of God, he will abuse that, he will exploit that, mm -hmm. he will take advantage of that. Yep. Yeah. That's why women... <laughs> we need you. We need you. <laughs> yes. Obviously, in order yes. to populate, rule, and subdue, yes. we need help. Yes. We need the help of a woman. Yes. So, I hope that this has been a word today. Uh, it's an amazing word. I'm, I, I just trying to let it marinate and um, you know, finish yeah, up the service. Yeah, there's so much more that we can unpack out of that. Uh, yeah, that, my mind went, you know, it, it, it was like, okay, I gotta behave, gotta behave. That was, that was really eye-opening. Good, good. Yep, thank you. And to all you mothers out there, we love and appreciate you so yep. much. We celebrate you not just in the capacity of mother, because some of you are not mother in the sense that you've given birth physically, but you are a reflection of something special that God created in Eve mm -hmm. to be replicated throughout human history. Yes. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. And again, forgive us <laughs> for our <laughs> ignorance. Yes. <laughs> and for our failure to really understand ourselves to understand you mm -hmm. and to understand how we find more of ourselves in how we relate to you. Yep. That's good. Uh, Thanks for tuning into the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.